I love you, real life. Love you so much. We miss you so much. Thank you guys for being with us tonight. We love you so much. If you're a guest tonight, my name is Jonathan Criswell. I'm the student ministries pastor here at Real Life. Y'all ready for God's word tonight? Come on, y'all can do better. Y'all ready for God's word tonight? Praise the Lord. I'm ready to preach. I've missed you guys. Life is better together, amen? We're going to have fun tonight. Tonight we start our new series, Live Moss. Everybody shout, Live Moss. We're going to live more because we at Real Life, amen? Real life is not dead. Real life is very much alive, but we are not satisfied with what we got. We want more of God. We want more life. We want more joy. We want more peace in our lives. I think, in my opinion, there is too much junk going on in your life that's not even your fault. The enemy of our soul is at way too much work. He's doing overtime to try to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And I'm sick and tired of it because I want you to live more. Amen. Tonight, my message is titled simply, Dare to Believe for More Out of Life. I want to challenge you tonight to dare to believe for more out of life. You, you don't have to live where you're at right now. You were 15 minutes ago a different person than you can be right now because of the power of God's word. You can dare to believe for more out of life and your relationship with Jesus. And I've learned that how we respond to life's storms will determine whether or not we'll live more. How we respond to life's storms, and, and I'm not talking about like, fake storms that like cancel school and cancel real life, you know, and we're all sitting at home and the sun is shining outside, right? I'm not talking about that fake stuff. I'm talking about the difficult place that many of us are finding ourselves in right now. I want to encourage you tonight, how you respond will determine whether or not you're going to live more. So I want to challenge each and every person that can hear my voice right now. I want you to already start getting ready to respond. Because how we respond will determine how much more we're going to live in the future. It never fails that when I'm obedient to God, when I trust Him and I, and I do what He's calling me to do, in my life a storm seems to come my way. Because whenever we do what God has called us to do, that's when a target gets put on our back. Because the enemy doesn't want us to live more. The enemy doesn't want us to trust God. And... I want to tell you guys, we missed you last week, but I'm talking about when I preached, on Monday I preached, I had the privilege to preach at the CLC experience, and I preached my heart out to some of the most incredible world-changing leaders that are growing up and, and going into the ministry and being called by God to be trained here at North Highland Church at CLC, and I preached my heart out, and you better believe that my son Damien the very next day got in some big trouble at school. It was a direct attack against our family. And what he was doing, he didn't even realize how, how bad his behavior was. It was something that he did that he didn't even realize that it was wrong. And how many of us in the room have actually done that? There's things that we have done that we didn't even realize was wrong until somebody showed us. And it was a direct attack. Somebody literally lashed out at us because we told them the truth in love. 
it just was like one thing after another all day long. My bank, my bank, I am so frustrated because over two months ago, some girl decided to steal my wife's purse and charge up my credit cards. I'm, I got her name. I know her address. The Lord is staying my hand because the, I serve the God of justice and I'll let him deal with her. But my bank is so frustrating because they keep putting those charges back on my account for something that we never did. And it's like $800, y'all. I don't got $800 to pay for somebody else to have a fun time. It's frustrating. It's a storm. But, but here's the thing. How we respond to these situations, all of us could spend the rest of the night sharing story after story after story about how storms of life are just hitting us left and right. Man, my coach is on my last nerve. My best friend, she is just, she needs to stop running her mouth. All these storms are coming. My boyfriend, if my boyfriend don't stop flirting with those girls, I'm going to go off on him, Right? That, y'all, that was, that was kind of weird. I, I, I didn't realize when I said that what I was saying because I have never had a boyfriend. That was awkward. But for you guys, storms look a little different than what I've explained. Like, none of y'all have children, praise God. It's hard being a father. But some of your storms may look a little bit like this. Maybe your storm is making mistakes at the after-prom party and not wanting the world to know about it. Maybe your storm is being less than two months away from graduation, class of 2017. And you know your grade in that class that you have to pass to graduate is below passing right now. And the only grade that you have left is the final exam, and you have no idea how in the world you're going to pull it off. That's a storm. Maybe your storm, young person, is living every day in an environment at home where you don't feel loved or valued by your parents. You're constantly at war with your siblings. Instead of your home being a sanctuary, it's a battleground where there's no peace, there's no trans tranquility there's no sanctuary you want to get out of your house as much as you can because you can't stand the atmosphere that's a storm and how you respond to it will determine how much life you'll live maybe your storm is not having friends that encourage you to live right and and there's not people who accept you for who you are and so that deep longing for for personal relationship makes you compromise and join a, a circle of people who know you're, they're steering you to the pit of hell, but it's okay with you because your longing for companionship is that much in need. It's a storm that some of us are facing right now. But I'm here tonight to tell you that the last thing that the enemy of your soul wants for you is to live more. The last thing that the enemy wants is for you to get out of that troublesome thing, whatever it is that's keeping you from having more life, more joy, more energy, more excitement of life, the very last thing that he wants is for you to live more. He wants you to give up. He wants you to quit. He wants you to have so much pressure, so many different things coming at you all at once that you'll just say, I quit. I give up. I can't handle this anymore. See, John 10.10, it says very clearly, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came that we may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus Christ wants us to live more. And I'm believing for the supernatural to take place in our lives tonight and for the next few weeks. I believe that we should not be satisfied with the way things are. I believe that there should be a holy frustration that rises up within each and every one of us. And when we begin to get angry at the devil, we get angry at our circumstance, and we say, I'm not going to live in this anymore. I'm not going to be satisfied with the way life is. I want more. You will see things happen in the supernatural. I'm not satisfied with living in this struggle, God. I need you to do something now. I promise God wants to do something too. What needs to happen is we need to cultivate a desire for the right more. We've got to cultivate a desire for the right more and stop wanting more of the wrong thing. Because that's the problem. Many of us, we get our desire for more placed in the wrong place. Expectation precedes the supernatural. What do you mean, Pastor Jonathan? This is what I mean. Many people don't get more out of life because they don't expect much out of life. You don't get much out of life because you're like, this is the way it is. It's never going to change. This is my, the cards I've been dealt. There's, there's no way I'm getting out of this. My, my parents' financial situation, it's never going to change, so I'm always going to be broke. Whatever, it becomes excuse. We carry a mindset sometimes that this is just the way it is and it's not going to change. Many people don't get more out of a relationship with Jesus because they don't expect much out of a relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you tonight, expectation is what precedes the supernatural. Maybe we don't get more out of life because we're wanting more of the wrong things. For example... I want more popularity. It's it's not intrinsically wrong because we all want to be liked, right? But I want more popularity, so I'm going to compromise my convictions and do whatever it takes to get it. When when the Bible, the Scripture, the Holy Word of God says in James 4.10, humble yourself before the Lord and He's going to lift you up. So if you want popularity, you want acceptance, you better start humbling yourself before an almighty God. But instead, we, we desire more, more followers, so we'll put stuff on there just to get the followers, man. We'll compromise. I want more of a dating life. And the gentleman said, amen. Because you know you're sitting in class and you're like, man, that girl looks like she is 20. She only 15, boy. But something happened to her, and it makes me want to spend some time with her, right? We want more. It's, it's a, our desire and our motivation gets placed in the wrong place because Proverbs 24:23 says, above everything else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. We place our more in the wrong locations, I want more time to chill and do nothing. Praise the Lord. How many of y'all enjoyed that day off on Wednesday last week? It was like spring break part two. Man, I just want some time, Pastor Jonathan, to watch and catch up and do some binging on Netflix. Amen. Amen. 
But can I tell you, somebody needs to get this tonight. You need to hear me loudly and clearly. God wants to put some hustle in you. You need to start hustling. You need to start putting some time, energy, and effort. Stop procrastinating, young person. Because if you work, if you hustle, if you do what God has called you to do, you do what 2 Timothy 2.15 says, and study and show yourself approved. You do it first and don't put it off, and then you'll get more time to chill. Praise God. It's called Sabbath rest. But you got to do some work to get the time off. May, the end of May is coming and summertime is going to be awesome. But you got to do the work now so that you can rest later. Don't get it twisted because if you start slacking off right now, you're going to get to summer and your butt's going to be in summer school. I don't. That just slipped out. I apologize. God sanctified my words. <laughs> Instead of more, here, listen to this. Instead of wanting more of God's word, we look to the opinions of pop culture and peer pressure. We, we value the opinion of the life experience of a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old rather than valuing the authoritative, ageless word of God. We're placing our more in the wrong things. Instead of desiring intimacy with Jesus and the presence of God to fulfill our loneliness, we look to more relationships to open our hearts to people who don't deserve our hearts at all. See, I know tonight there's a lot of struggle in this room. I also know a God who can change and stop the struggle. There's a lot of situations you want changed, and I believe the power of God can give you what you need to live more out of this life. I've come to boost your faith and encourage you. The way things appear right now don't have to be the way things end. God wants us to live more. Tonight can be your night where everything changes. If you'll just believe, if you'll place your focus and attention in the right more. He'll change your circumstance because he's above your circumstance. He's more powerful than your demons. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus had done a huge miracle. The text we're looking at tonight, he'd done a huge miracle by feeding over 5,000 people, by multiplying just five loaves of bread and two fish. It was miraculous. And this is what happens next in Matthew 14, verse 22. The, the scripture says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed this large crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. And listen to this, the boat that his disciples were on was already a considerable distance from the land then rocked and pounded and prevented from moving forward by the waves, this boat was going nowhere. It was in the middle of a storm. The wind was against it. The storm came. Hear this young person. The storm came when the boat was a considerable distance from the land that Jesus was, where he was at. And we need to realize tonight that the further away from Jesus you get, the harder life is going to be. 
The further away from Jesus we, we allow ourselves to get. Man, the more time. It's been two weeks since I've been challenged by God's word. Some of y'all, your Bible doesn't get opened unless you're in church. And so since we haven't been at real life for two weeks, you've been staying away from God's word. And you will be noticing very soon if you already haven't noticed Life gets harder the farther away you get from Jesus. I think most people have Christianity confused because they think that God is is just this God of all rules and no fun. But the reality is Christianity is all about relationship. He wants to be close to us, and the closer we are to him, the safer we are. The closer we are, the more strength we have. God's will is not to restrict you and keep you from living more. The the statutes and the commands that we find in his word are to keep you safe and actually to protect you. And God's will is to set us free to live more and keep you free by keeping you close with Jesus. If we start neglecting his word, if we start getting outside the parameters he's placed for in a relationship with him, then the farther we get from him, the farther it'll be the harder life we'll get. The scripture says the boat was being rocked, pounded, and prevented from moving forward. I'm here tonight to tell you that your life will be prevented from moving forward if you try to navigate the storm without Jesus. If you try to get through high school without Jesus, man, there's going to be something. You're called to more. You're called to greatness. And if you try to do it without Jesus, you're never going to get there, young person. Many of us, this, I can just imagine the, the disciples, this boat, they said they were struggling, they were striving to move forward, but they couldn't. So I just imagine these men rowing as hard as they could, and many of us in this room, we're rowing as hard as we can to get through the storms that we're in right now, and we're rowing on our own and in our own strength and in our own power. And many of us, if we're honest, we, we would say tonight, man, I'm getting nowhere, and I'm trying real hard to get somewhere. We need to realize that if we want to live more and see things change in our lives, then human effort that is absent from the presence of God will result in more frustration. We've got to get Jesus in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our struggle, in the middle of our problems. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if we want more life, we've got to have more Jesus because Jesus is life. If you try to get through your dysfunction, if you try to get through your struggle, even the struggles that are not your fault, and you try to do it on your own, you try to get through the attack on your life from the enemy of your soul that is trying to steal your joy, kill, and destroy you, and you try to do it without Jesus, you will get nowhere. You will not live more, and that's not the life that God has called us to. The story continues in verse 25. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. This is crazy, y'all. He was walking on the lake. He was defying physical law. He was defying creative laws. He was defying nature. I don't know about you, but I've never seen anything like this before. He's walking on the lake, and and when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, very much so, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's me, don't be afraid. And this, this crazy person named Peter said, Lord, if it's you, 
tell me to come out on the water. That guy is crazy. But I want to be like him. I want to be like that. Jesus, this is what was happening. The disciples were in the middle of a storm that was about to destroy them. And what Jesus was doing is he was coming to correct the situation. And Jesus, he was trying to correct it. And when he came in an unexpected way, it scared the disciples. I want to ask a question. Have you guys ever been doing something wrong in your life or been going the wrong direction? And then an authority figure, like, all of a sudden steps in and gets all up in your business? Have you ever experienced that? Your mama finds something? Like, like for example, um, you, you are on social media, and your parents are following you, of course, because they're trying to monitor your life. Amen? And you're, you're at some function, possibly an after-prom party, and um, you, you strategically turn off your phone and make sure none of your friends have your account, but your best friend is all night long. Snap, 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 snap. And your mom gets a hold of it, logs into, or doesn't log in, but sees something on social media that you never wanted them to see. And they, they call you to a parent meeting. This is a family meeting, right? You come into that family meeting and it's like, um, we've got a couple questions about what we see right here on social media because um, what you said you were doing and what we see you doing are two different things. That moment is pretty scary, right? This is what the disciples were feeling because they were in a situation where an authority figure stepped in. I, I had this one, one experience personally I want to share with you guys. In middle school, I was using the bathroom. The teacher let me out of the class to use the restroom. I got my hall pass. I'm walking down the hall, go to the bathroom. And I'm in the, in the boys' bathroom, obviously, and um, I'm at the urinal, and I'm doing what you do at a urinal. And the biggest bully in our school, the meanest kid on campus, walks into the room, and I'm like, how in the world did you get out of class, first of all? And second of all, I'm doing my business, and the next thing I hear is he says, get out of my stall. I'm like, what, get out of your stall? Like, I can't move. And a part of me was like, uh, my, I might as well just go turn around and make sure he gets some, a, a little shower. But I didn't do that. And he tells me a second time because I just ignored him like, like a good boy because that's what I was. And I ignored him, just acted as if he wasn't there. And he said, get out of my stall a second time. Then he proceeds to push me while I'm using the bathroom. I'm thinking to myself, what, what is happening? What is about to happen? So I finish as soon as I possibly can and get zipped up. And you better believe that this punk, I showed him what would ever happen again if he tried to mess with me again. Y'all, I beat him up. Here's the thing. I don't condone violence, but he was not going to let me out of that bathroom. He was going to hurt me if I didn't defend myself, and I showed myself to be strong. 
And what happened in that situation is I I literally, I went karate kid on him. Like I, I punched him a few times and then I did like a roundhouse kick. And afterwards I'm like, he's on the ground. And I'm like, wow, what did I just do? I can't believe I did this. And a few moments later, I found myself in the principal's office, y'all, right? I'm in the principal's office because there was a, a storm that was not my fault in this bully, but I was found being corrected by an authority in my life, and even though I really didn't do anything wrong, even though the principal was there to tell me, son, actually, I'm kind of proud of you. Thank you for dealing with this young man. The whole time I'm facing an authority in my life, I was afraid. And here's, here's why. Many times when there's somebody that has authority in your life that is trying to help you get out of your storm, that's trying to step into your situation and correct your situation, many times we're afraid because it's harder to see what Jesus is doing when you're in the middle of your storm. It's harder to see what Jesus is doing. It's harder to see because God works through spiritual authority. He works through authority that's placed in your life. And many times you get frustrated, you get frightened, you get scared to death. Some of y'all, there's some security guys in this place that there's a group of young men that literally will walk the opposite direction of the security team because they, like, they don't want nothing to do with those men because they're going to put you in service. And we're afraid because there's something going on in your life where you're afraid of the presence of God in this room. When you're in the middle of your storm, it causes you to see things distorted. It's hard to see Jesus. When you're in the middle of the storm, young person, you need to realize that God's intervention, when you're in the middle of the darkness of your storm, can easily be confused with something frightening. The disciples said it's a ghost when Jesus was coming to help them. My son got in big trouble. I've already told you this yesterday. He did something he didn't fully understand was wrong, and, and it was a situation where he had to be picked up from his second grade class early. And the rest of this week, he has to do work with the janitor to, to do community service as a second grader. He got in trouble, big trouble. He didn't realize what he was doing, but, but this, is, this was the amazing situation that happened. I, I recognize this and I thought about you guys so much because when his mom brought him into my office here at the church early, he knew that I knew what he had done. And you better believe when he came into my office, he was scared. My eight-year-old son walked in with his shoulders low. He's walking in, kind of sniffling. You know, just kind of looking up at me like, hi, Dad. And I'm like inside my, I'm just like smiling on the inside, but I'm like, you know. And I let that awkward silence happen for a few seconds, right? Y'all hate that awkward silence, but I'm okay with it. I, I actually enjoy the awkward silence because God works in the stillness. And so I did that, that awkward silence, and man, I saw the fear. And, and I thought about us because whenever, Scripture is so clear, whenever we get busted, whenever our, our storm, our struggle gets revealed, 
Man, when, a lot of times what we do is we try to hide it, we try to conceal it. And Scripture is so clear that what we conceal, God will expose. And what we expose to God will be overlooked. And, and I let those couple moments go by where there was that silence with just me and my son. And he was on the brink of bursting out in tears. I'll never forget this moment. And all I had to say, he was so scared in that moment. And all I had to say was, son, come here. And he walked up to me, and you better believe this father wrapped my arms around him as tightly as I could, and I hugged him with all of my heart. I whispered into his ear, I love you, son, so much. You're my boy. I'm so proud of you. You're the greatest young man I've ever seen. And he began to cry. Because in that moment, you think it sounds so elementary because that's he's in elementary school. But in that moment, he realized the very thing that he was afraid of in his father was the very person who was going to give him the most help in the middle of his problem. Tonight, I hope that I can help you see that correction is an investment into your future. It is God's intervention so that the storm you're in does not permanently harm you. When God steps into your problem, when God steps into your sin, when God steps into the things you're trying to conceal and keep hidden and keep in the darkness, when God steps into your double life, man, he is doing it. He's correcting you to invest in your future because he doesn't want what, you want what you're dealing with to destroy your life. In fact, God wants to stop the storm before it gets any worse. That's why he gets involved. Peter said, if it's you, Lord, let me come to you on the water. He wanted more life. Man, Peter wasn't satisfied with the way things were. He saw crazy stuff already. But Peter was that man who was like, I've seen you do impossible things. Now I want to do impossible things. I want to tell you tonight that the true sign of living more is the focus will be removed from you and removed from your storm and put on Jesus. Because in that moment, Peter wasn't focused on the waves that were hitting the boat over and over. He wasn't focused on himself. He was focused on Jesus. And the story concludes, Jesus said, come. And Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and called him. I want to tell you tonight that if you will reach out to Jesus, if you'll call out to Jesus, if you'll just attempt to walk above your storm, he will reach out and grab you and keep you safe. Just like I did with my son, your heavenly father will wrap his loving arms around you no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've made your situation. He will do exactly the same thing and immediately reach out his hand and catch you. That's good preaching. Jesus said, you of little faith, why didn't? Why did you doubt? And I'm thinking in my mind that he's probably looking at the other like 11 people on the boat. Like why in the world aren't you walking on the water like this man? And they climbed, when they climbed into the boat, get this, the wind died down, the storm stopped, and those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly you are the Son of God. I want to invite the band to come quickly. I want you to stand to your feet tonight.
Lord, thank you for your attentiveness to God's word. But, but I want you to get ready right now. No talking, no, no distractions in this moment because this is where everything changes. This is where God wants to step in and transform the storms that you're dealing with. God wants to set you free from the circumstances that you've been frustrated with for so long. Tonight, young person, I believe that God can give us the supernatural ability to walk above the storm and live more. I believe tonight that God is just asking us, just like he did his disciples, to come, come, come to me. Man, life is full of storms. Everything is crashing around you. But Jesus is saying, come, I can help you walk above this. I can help you put your problems under your feet. I can help you live more out of this life if you'll just trust me and believe me. With every head bowed and every eye closed right now, there's young men and young men and young women in this room that I've come to tell you that the only way you're going to live more is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's young men and women here tonight that you have been struggling, you have been fighting, you have been trying to get your boat across and through this storm that you're in, and you've been trying to do it all on your own. You've been trying to carry the weight of sin that is so heavy on your shoulders all by yourself. You've been telling yourself, I don't need anybody's help. I don't need anything. I can do this on my own. I'm strong enough. But you are getting so tired of carrying the weight, carrying the shame, carrying the doubt, carrying the, the pain, the condemnation. The enemy of your soul is constantly whispering into your ear saying, I'm about to destroy you. I'm going to get you if you keep going. I'm going to destroy your life. And you know that you're at the brink of giving up and just giving in all conviction. You're, you're about to stop with the struggle altogether. You're trying to do it on your own. And you're about to give in and just allow the enemy to have his way in your life tonight. Jesus is wanting to speak to you tonight and say, come on, come above that. You're better than that. You're bigger than that. You can walk above your circumstance. If you just take my hand, you can do all things through me who gives you strength. Tonight, there's some of us in this room where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your relationship with Jesus is non-existent. I'm telling you tonight, I want to I want to put some perspective in this story. Everyone had the opportunity to live more in this in this story. Every disciple had the opportunity to get out of the boat, but only Peter chose to walk on the water. Tonight, I want to challenge you. Here's the deal. You want salvation. You know you need Jesus Christ. Sometimes to get more, it costs more. It, it takes stepping out of your comfort zone. It takes not caring about what the people around you think. It takes not caring about wh what are they going to perceive me as. It takes a tenacity in your spirit that says, you know what? I'm tired of life being like this, and I want more life. So tonight, right now in this moment, with no distraction, no one talking, no one messing with anyone, if you're in this room and you know you're far from Jesus, I want to encourage you and challenge you to step out in faith and come to this altar right now and say, Jesus, I don't want to do this on my own anymore. I can't carry the weight of sin that's in my life anymore. My relationship with you is, is non-existent, and I want that to change right here and right now. I want to challenge 
many of us in this room right now to step out in faith and get here right now in this moment and say, I want more of life and I need you, Jesus. I want you right now to get out of your comfort zone and step out on the water. And I promise you everything will change. I promise you the weight that you've been carrying will be released. There will be a moment where the shame and the guilt will be released. I promise you if one person begins to have the faith like Peter did to walk out and step out and say, Jesus, I need you. If it's really you, will you save me? Will you call me out and call me to be more and do more? I promise you we will cheer you on and celebrate. So if there is even one person in this room tonight that would say, Pastor Jonathan, that is me. Right now in this moment, I challenge you. Your soul can be saved right here and right now if you'll step out in faith and say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. So right now, come. We'll wait for you far from God and I need his grace this is Easter week this is praise God come on somebody praise God